Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Mannix from The Vertical, and welcome to The Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix, where I check in with some of the top players, coaches, and analysts covering the NBA. My guest this week is Zach Levine, Minnesota's rising shooting guard and two-time winner of the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. I asked Zach about his early interactions with Timberwolves coach Tom Thibodeau. The main thing he just, he said he knew he knew how it was on offense. Um, he wanted to cut down a little bit on you know just bad shots, get better. I'm getting more on the offense, and you know it's understandable. And if we will see him go for a third straight slam dunk title, I got to think about it. You know, it takes a little bit of time to practice, but I'm always confident. I think I can do it again. All that and more coming up next on the Vertical Podcast with Chris Maddox. Well, I don't know who the most athletic player in the NBA is. Russell Westbrook is on the list. Aaron Gordon is on the list. But the guy sitting opposite me right now is definitely way up there uh, on that list. Uh, Tell me if I have these numbers right, Zach. The 41 and a half inch vertical. Was that at the combine? Yeah, that was at the combine. But then I saw video. Was that the Lakers workout where you were at 46 inches, right? Yeah, that was the highest I got. They- 46. <laughs> I got 45 a couple of times too. So is that that's as high as you go? 40, uh, 46. 46 is the highest I got, and that's uh, <laughs> and, you know, I think that was pushing. I was amped up a little bit. <laughs> Are you the most athletic player in the NBA? Uh, I don't know, man. There's people like Russ, like you said, and LeBron. <laughs> um, but you know, with the confidence you have to have as a player, you know, when you step on the court, you got to think that way. Um, you know, I think I'm. Fastest, strong, not not strongest, but I think you know, athletically ability. I think when you know when you step on the court, you got you got to think that way. I had a scout that watched you at UCLA who told me he's never seen someone go baseline to baseline with the ball as fast as you do. Yeah, <laughs> that that kind of speed. Like I mean, there are different types of speed. You can yeah. have track star speed, but who gives a damn? You're in the exactly. NBA. If you yeah. can't do it with the ball. Yeah. It's a bit of a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've just gifted from my from my parents, I guess. You know, my dad was a former NFL football player. My mom was extremely athletic and 
you know, if you work out on those type of things, trying to become more athletic, it's a, uh, you know, it comes into your game. Was your mom a softball player, baseball player? Was that softball? Yeah, you know, I had three brothers, so you know, she was always getting pushed. <laughs> <laughs> Were you the athletic star of the family growing up? Yeah, yeah, my little sister's athletic as heck too, and you know, she's a girly girl though. She ran track. She only <laughs> lost about two races, and. uh but, you know, I think she saw what me and my dad were going through in the backyard and all the argument and, and the talking and all that type of stuff. So uh, she didn't want to deal with it. Your dad was a football guy. Did he want you to play football too? or No, that was the craziest thing. When I actually did play football, um, I'm expecting him, you know, after the games, you know, for the criticism or, you know, the, what you did wrong. He had no expectations for me. I'm like, why aren't you yelling at me? He's a, you know, I didn't expect you to be good at this. So it was, uh, it was fun. He was a USFL guy, right? USFL, he played for the Seahawks for a couple of years, too. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. where I came from, Seattle. So. He had any good stories for you about those days? Uh, there's too many stories, man. From him growing up to, you know, him, you know, his last couple, last couple of days in the NFL, you know, they're all great stories. You must have been, I mean, because you were so athletic as a kid, you must have been good at every sport. Or, I mean, it must have been pretty good, at least at every sport. I was decent. At, you know, I was better at baseball than basketball yeah. growing up. That oh, was man, my main. Base paths must have been. That was, How many steals did you have in a season? That was my stuff. I was uh, <laughs> Stealing bases, you know, I was a center fielder, so I had a lot of pretty good range. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing. My dad actually was drafted in baseball. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I talk about athletic. My dad, man, he still he can still play me one on one. So, and he's a big dude too, right? I saw him at um, what was it, the Rising Stars Challenge? That was he steal the mic during that, yeah, uh, that press conference. Yeah, there. that was him. Yeah, he's huge, six six four, six five, mm-hmm. three hundred right now. You know, <laughs> got the belly, but you know, he's still strong as an ox. So, <laughs> what uh, what position he playing baseball? He was a first baseman okay. and he played outfield as well. Okay. Yeah. Football outside linebacker. So if so. you're playing, if you're good at baseball and you're good at basketball, what's, uh, what was, what drew you stronger to the basketball side at the end? Uh, the main thing, it was just exciting. Um, I was giving up when I was younger. I think I was going to, I got invited to like some all-star games for baseball to go to California. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I turned it down to go play in-house at my Rotary League for basketball. I was like, yeah, we got to stop this. He's so, like, you know, you're not making the right decision, so we don't go with basketball. So you could play in like an all-star game in baseball, but you play basically glorified pickup in, in, in basketball. basketball. I picked that one, yeah. So that's what I was doing. How? I mean, I mean, legitimately, you must have had, you must have been able to steal a base at any point in time. It was, I was, I was pretty good. At, yeah. I, you know, pitchers didn't like, you know, I got a single or I got a double. I turned to, you know, I turned a lot of singles into doubles and triples. So when did you realize that, that, that your athleticism was just on a different level than kids your age? To tell the truth, it, was, it didn't really come into my game until I was about a junior or senior. I was always fast. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing. Uh, wasn't that still not the strongest person, but, uh, I worked on, uh, you know, my jumping ability and my speed, you know, on the field doing football workouts. And uh, I grew to be about 6'4", 6'5", my senior year. And that's when I really came into my game. Because my sophomore and junior high school, I was about Mm 5'10", 6 foot. You know, I was a point guard, you know, just running up, shooting the ball a lot. And, uh, you know, using your, you know, basketball skills to get around people, floaters and stuff like that. And then when I started getting taller, it was like, you know, I can dunk on this dude now. <laughs> so it was it changed. First time you dunked. First time I dunked was in eighth grade. Eighth grade. Okay. Now that's why I also I was I was five ten. I could I went up and dunked. So it was like Okay, uh, so you were pretty athletic in eighth yeah, grade. Yeah, I was right? athletic. Yeah. I went like up I was five ten in eighth grade. Now there was no shot I was coming near the rim. Went up and dunked with my left. Like, hand. I'm tapping the backboard <laughs> yeah, at that point. Yeah. I'm doing that crap. That little kid stuff. <laughs> so eighth grade, was it uh just like, you know, was it a game or was it It was in a jamboree. I was playing with my high school team. And uh, in just a summer league, mm-hmm. summer league game, and I got a fast break and went up to lay it up with my left hand. I just turned it over and dunked it, and I was, the whole crowd was just like stunned. It was like, yo, this kid's in eighth grade, so uh, 
then I didn't dunk again consistently until like my ninth grade year. Did you I, surprise yourself then with that dunk, or just was it just like, oh my god, I'm up in the air? I was tripping. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I just did. My dad was cracking up. He said, "Your look on your face is ridiculous." So you know, it was a, it was a lot of fun. You um, what's something that that you were able to do athletically? Maybe it's in that junior senior year that that or even beyond that's even impressed you that you've been like, holy shit, I just did that. Uh, basketball wise, it could be. I mean, it could be anything. I guess. Um, athletically. Did you have any like Blake Griffin jump over a car moments? <laughs> no, I had nothing like that. The man, I used to race my. I think I ran. I ran like a, like a four or five in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like a forty yard day. It was a hand time. I used to run with the track team a lot, and that was the main thing. And then I broke my I broke my high school's uh unofficial record because I was just playing with the track team of the hundred yard dash. Like a ten nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't even run track, so that was. I think that was the athletic thing. I was like, "Oh man, this is a." I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> it's like it's like football player speed right there. The yeah, forty yard dash stuff. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. <laughs> you um, you were a Kobe guy growing up, right? Yeah, that was my guy. Yeah. Up, well, yeah. was it just because I mean he was like that generation's Jordan, like for me anyway? It was all that. It was just the way I heard a lot of stories about how he practiced and you know his determination, his mindset, and that's what really got me his killer instinct. Um, uh, you know I heard he was the hardest worker. Um, you know he was he was cocky, he was arrogant. You know that kind of drew. I was a big Barry Bonds fan. That kind of drew me to like their personalities a little bit and uh but then just the way he worked hard and his, his game man you know you see dudes turn around shooting the ball left-handed mm-hmm. you know against the Mavericks 63 in four quarters or three quarters so it's just like you know these guys are incredible we always know the 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 guys that can evolve their game then mm-hmm. you know come into the league as one thing and, and go into it those are the guys that are, are great that are yeah. always great I mean even like a guy like Michael Red even as an example yeah. he came into the league as a non-shooter George Carl said you, you're not going to survive unless you can shoot and he leaves as one of the best Shooters. in the game yeah. <laughs> Kobe's like I mean Kobe wasn't the the low post player he wasn't that didn't yeah. have that Jordan turnaround until exactly. later in his career yeah, he worked, he, Worked his ass off mm-hmm. on him, man. That's what he. That's what he does. What did you uh, try to adopt in his game? What have you? Something that you w- watched him do that you'd like to or are have it or do have in yours? The main thing I uh, like game wise, yeah, I, I I went for his pull up. You know, I use I use that a lot. Uh, one dribble, two dribble, pull up, and you know, being able to use your athletic ability to get to the baseline and jump straight up or fade away from a defender. Um, you know, you see him stop on a dime and just get up in there. Michael Jordan was great at, and you know, I did a lot of that growing up with. My dad, one dribble, two dribble pull-ups. But, you know, outside of that, just his hard work ethic. You know, that's why I try to pat myself on just being one of the harder workers. You get into the league, and <clears throat> Kobe's still there. And yeah. you played the same position. I mean, yeah. what was that first matchup like? It was great. You know, I was so hyped. I got in the game. Uh, I had a really good game, too. Um, it was in L.A. I went to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of my family was there. And, uh, you know, he was guarding me in the fourth quarter, and I took that because I remember, you know, he used to guard the best players. Mm-hmm. You know, in the fourth quarter, so that was really humbling to me. Um, you know, we came out winning that game as well. So then the next couple of years playing against was really cool. You Do know, you, is it not cool to tell him how big a fan you are of him at that moment? I never told him. Okay. Yeah, I probably the most I probably he probably would hurt for if he ever did was just an interview like this. So <laughs> I've never, you know, in the, on the court, you know, I'm going at that guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you got to LA because he he's going at you. I mean, that must have been a surreal moment though, just to stand next to him for the first time. Out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Yeah. My dad said it was. Uh, my eyes were wide open, but you know, it was a. Uh, 
It was good. And you were, uh, which is, this is a different era, but I was reading somewhere that you were a Space Jam guy too. Mm-hmm. And you did that for the uh, dunk contest yeah. with the, the t-shirt there. Yeah. I mean, that that's an early 90s movie. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, you're- I wasn't even born yet Yeah, you're going out. way back. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, it was really creative for me to do that. I was thinking like, who doesn't like Space Jam? Mm-hmm. You know, so to, you know, incorporate that with a dunk and, you know, give homage to, you know, Mike. So that's what I tried to go with. You know, there's Space Jam too, apparently. It's coming out, yeah, right. It's LeBron, to be coming out. I mean, they had other players. Hopefully, I can get a scene, man. You know, a little, a little snippet. I can act a little bit. <laughs> uh, going to UCLA and, and being kind of a one and done was that the the goal? I mean, did you think that was going to happen when you signed on there? I really didn't know <clears throat> until uh, you know. I didn't think I always confident, but then playing in the summer with a lot of NBA players, you know, you're going against the former UCLA, like Drew Holiday, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, and then we're out there, and then a lot of Josh Shipp, Aaron Follow, you know, you're playing against them in the summertime, and, you know, I'm I'm hanging, I'm doing good. It's like, man, I'm, I'm competing with, you know, these are NBA players, you know, it's an all-star right here, and so it's a, uh, that's when you start getting your mindset, okay, maybe I, you know, if I continue to work hard, I can be on that path. How intense were those? Because there's like 90 plus, not currently, but 90 plus ex-UCLA players yeah. that have played in the NBA. You just named a bunch of guys that are all-star caliber mm-hmm. guys. I mean, what are those what are those, uh, those, those scrimmages kind of like? It was intense. You know, dudes, they go right at you. And, you know, they know that they're the, they, you're the next generation of people going to the NBA. So, you know, just how I look at it now, whenever I play somebody, you know, going back in the summertime, you know, you want to make an imprint on them and let them know that, you know, you're still, you know, like that alpha dog, mm-hmm. you know. So Russell Westbrook could go be going right at people, Drew Holiday, you know. And, uh, you know, we got to fight back. You don't want to show any sign of fear. Yeah, they are. I mean, they are kind of testing you in that way. I remember Jared Sullinger and Evan Turner telling me about the workouts with D'Angelo Russell at Ohio State. And they would say they used to knock him down and knock all these other guys go down right and notice him. who would get up first yeah. and notice who would uh, want some more. Did you get the sense that, you know, going up against those guys that, you know, they were maybe feeling you out a little bit? Yeah, for sure. You know, the first, I was going, I remember I was going there in the flow, the first player, you know, we uh, talked to him about last summer, actually, uh, you know, where it went right at me, put me right in the post, a couple fadeaways. <laughs> it's not sweet down here, young fella. You got to get ready for this. I'm like, man, you know, okay. And you just got to go right back at him. And it's a, uh, you know, it's a humble experience first couple of times. So you and Russ, uh, when Russ is back there, how much interaction did you have with Westbrook while you were at UCLA? Uh, while I was in college, you know, you just say what's up to him. You know, mm-hmm. you you know, college play, you see Russell Westbrook, you kind of, you know, a little shy to it. Um, and then you playing against him, you talk to him in the game, talk a little smack. But other than that, though, you know, I think he was doing some of his workouts on the other court. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, a lot of us were just watching, you know, seeing what he did, does so good to, you know, you know, make him him. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested in the decision a guy like you makes to to come into the draft. You know, you're you're a first round pick, but are, are you in the top five, the top 10? Are you in the lottery? It turns out you such are. such a big range. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, how complicated is that for you? I mean, were you once when, when did you make the decision? When did you, you decide and what was your the driving factor in your decision to come out? Uh, the main thing for me is, you know, I feel like I had, you know, the um, the confidence and the ability to go to the next level. That's what we all dream to go to. And, uh, I felt like I would have had a better process of me becoming a better player in the NBA, um, going against pros, practicing against pros, you know, not even thinking, you know, you don't come in and be a, you know, a big time role player or something like that, but just going in there to continue to evolve your game. And, uh, you know, the confidence just took me there. You know, that was a decision I made. Uh, it was pretty much after pretty much after the season. You know, mm-hmm. you see, of course, where your name is in the draft and, you know, who's looking at you. Um, 
But you just got to go for it. That's what I did. How many people are in your ear in those, you know, what is it, a couple of months after the season ends or maybe even during the season that, that are either telling you one thing or the other? I mean, so many people you hear it on, you know, from social media all the way to, mm-hmm. you know, NBA. Oh, that makes it worse. Like yeah, Twitter, it's, it's like, Twitter, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm telling you, you should definitely come outside. It's going to so many different scouts, you know, agents. And, you know, the main thing, I keep my circle tight and I mm-hmm. listen to my father, Um, you know, my inner circle, my, my mom, my, my uncle. So they're the main people that are talking to me. And, you know, they said the decision's on you. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I went with. How does a guy like you handle social media and Twitter? I mean, how often do you look at your mentions? Uh, it, when I when I first came out, I was really into it. You know, you always want to be able to, you know, get your following up and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, you're young. I still am, but you know, it was. It seemed like it was. You know, it was four years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was. Uh, I looked at them a lot, but now not as much. I turn my notifications <laughs> off. You know, I. You know, you can still see some people. You know, the critics or something like that. Sometimes that drives you into the next game or puts you in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. But uh. You know, you try not to worry about that stuff. What was the, was there a, a a something that some idiot said or or something that that so you said? All right, that's enough. I'm turning my mentions off. I can't handle this anymore. Um, because it's a lot of noise. It's a ton of noise out it there. It was when I when I when I declared or when I said I put my name in in the draft. There was a lot of people. You know, you're horrible. You don't go to the D League. You're not this. You're not that. You you know you won't even get drafted. You know that that point. I was like, and know, these I'm the like, UCLA people that are pissed off. That you're some UCLA school. people, yeah. It's like, man, I just shook hands with this guy the other day. <laughs> you know, so I just signed a you know I just signed an autograph for him. His so, his picture, his Twitter avatar is a picture of, next to you. Yeah, like, like, exactly. Horrible. Up. Like, what are you doing? So you know, you just gotta learn how to you know get through those. Is that what what have you found? That's what most guys like either on your team or in the league do when it comes to that stuff. Do you? The most guy, do you know guys that keep their stuff on the Twitter mentions on and, and read it all, or is are most people like you? Do you think? Uh, I think it just depends on how, the type of person it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're really active on social media, like I don't tweet a lot, I don't share a lot of pictures. Mostly with me, like I don't tweet at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at it, you know, just to see what's going on, yeah. going on in the world or in sports. I use Instagram to post pictures about my family and sports, and you know me. But other than that, I don't really go on it a lot. <laughs> Um, you know, there's people that tweet about everything. You know, they're watching the Boston game. They're tweeting. You know, tweeting. I can tweet at other people like that. So I don't do a lot of that. <laughs> you were uh, drafted back end of the lottery at uh, what, 13, right? Mm-hmm. And was that kind of where you we thought you were going to be? Did you expect to go any higher? What was that draft night like for you? Uh, I was really, you know, my range was so so weird. I mm-hmm. was anywhere from five to second round, mm-hmm. you know. So it was really weird for me. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I thought I had a really good draft process going through the workouts you know i thought i impressed a lot of people and uh you know i'm I'm, thank god where i where i landed at you know i feel like it was a really good situation there's so much manipulation of of the process like i when i was doing the draft for sports illustrated you know you i knew i'd have executives telling me something so Mm -hmm. i'd write it so maybe somebody else would read it and that guy would fall a little bit it's all this kind of game that goes on i mean did you have to during the, those months, did you tune that out, or did you fall victim to reading everything? I that you know, when it comes to being drafted, you're looking at a lot of different mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, your your agency's telling you different things. Um, you know, your your parents are looking. You know, there is your son, so you're they're looking intent on the internet. Oh, well, you looks like you're going here now. It looks like you're going here. Oh, your stock is here. So, you know, you're hearing it from everywhere. But you just gotta 
you know, just go through the process. The main thing is I just did what I could. And, you know, you can't, if you can't handle something, you can't really worry about it. So mm-hmm. I just tried to enjoy it. So Minnesota drafts you. It, mm-hmm. What's your immediate reaction? Was it happy? Was it uncertain? You- I was so shocked mm-hmm. that my name was on the board. People took it the wrong way. And, you know, <laughs> I could see, I, I wish I had a better reaction now. But, you know, for the people who knew me, they're like, oh, man, he doesn't even know what to do right now. I was, <laughs> you know, it's your lifelong dream. My dad is a little kid, you know. Zach Levine with the f- first pick, you know, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going through all that with my dad. So, uh, you know, for me just to see my name on the board, you know, I was trying to hold it together. I was trying to like, hey, Dad, don't cry because I'll, I'll lose it. You mm-hmm. know, I was shocked. So, you know, that's how it was for me. But that organization, uh, a rebuilding organization, was that the, the type of, of, of situation you wanted to go to? Was it somewhere or something else? At that time, I didn't, I didn't even uh, – realize what it was i was just so happy to be drafted um you know and then i started looking into it like okay this is a you know they were looking for me to do this and come in and help here so uh you know it was really cool and then the trust they had in me was you know it was a big thing andrew eventually finds his way uh, to minnesota in that mm-hmm. offseason <laughs> in a trade and you guys same draft i mean did how how quickly did that relationship develop and, and what was that like a lot of people didn't know we went through the draft process together and we have the same agency mm-hmm. and uh you know, we went through the the workouts together in uh, in Santa Barbara, so we were already pretty close. Mm-hmm. You know, hanging out a lot, and then uh, you know, I was I was at the table right next to him when he got drafted. Extremely happy for him when he went first, and then uh, to see he actually got traded to us. You know, it was kind of it was kind of funny because we were talking about man, you think we could ever be, you know, on the same team in this draft? You know, you go second, I go twelfth, or you go uh, you go first, I go tenth. So it was it was really cool. No, you were at those uh, P three workouts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were all working out. There needs there. to be an NBA team in Santa Barbara. Like, man, <laughs> they need to put an NBA team right there. Move the Lakers. I don't care. Just out, Santa Barbara is where it's I at. I want them to go back to Seattle. <laughs> okay, Sierra, but but if there's another expansion team, they got to do two. You want them to go to Santa Barbara? I want them to go to Santa Barbara. I love it. I've done a couple of stories on guys that were coming through the draft uh, out there, and every time, you know, it's at your agency, when they say our guys are working out and here, I get a little go. excited. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great place to work out, man. It's uh, relaxing, and, you know, you can focus on what you need to do. You're listening to the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. And now a word from Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts out of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all this on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com slash Mannix. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Hi, boys and girls. It's Tony Kornheiser reminding you to subscribe and listen to my daily podcast where we talk about everything from sports to politics to the impending animal revolution. And remember, you can listen to new and archived episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. More athletic, you or Andrew Wiggins. Man, I don't know. <laughs> he oh, got so on. many different things. You know, he got the hands that helped him out a lot, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's a six eight freak of an athlete, fast, strong, and and I don't know, man. It's a toss up. You know, I don't. You know, that's my that's my that's one of my best friends. So I don't know. I 
Like I say, I always pick me, but he is right next to me. <laughs> you win uh, 16 games in that first year. I mean, that's, I'm assuming, a level of kind of, of losing that you're not used to up until that point. I mean, how hard was it to go through that? It was totally different. You know, going, you know, coming into the league, you're not knowing what to expect. And, uh, you know, it's it's a struggle at first. It's You, you don't, you never, you know, you've always been on winning teams, number two teams in the country, you know, AAU, at college, you went to the Elite Eight, you know. So it's uh, it's different. But then you just got to, you know, you just keep going with the process and, and trust in your team and, and in yourself. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I, that's the right way to, to, to think of it. What, was it hard to kind of implement there? I mean, you get into January and February, mm-hmm. and, and they're kind March. of piling up, March, yeah. and they're kind of piling up there. I mean, that must have been just interminable, those months. The games just keep coming, so you just got to know that, hey, they're not feeling sorry for you. You know, the rest of the league is they're trying to get their wins, they're trying to get their spots, and, uh, you know, we got to go after those guys. The main thing is we didn't act like we were in a losing situation. We we went out there and competed every game we had, you know, gave ourselves our, our chance to win, and even though we weren't winning, you know, we went back and looked at the tapes, and, you know, just like we do now, you know, if, if it's a loss, you go back, see what you did good, get it did bad, and then evaluate from there. You put up some pretty good numbers in that first year, but when you when did you start to feel like, all right, this is gonna. I'm. This is gonna work for me. Like it's because not every rookie comes in yeah. and, and it works out. But when did you start to realize that I'm, I'm gonna be an NBA player? You know, every rookie has their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And same with mine. And then uh, probably after the All Star break, I started getting a lot more consistent minutes. And uh, I went through a stretch where I was really, really, you know, on top of my game, or where I knew I was like, man, this is this is coming a lot easier than it was, you know, mm-hmm. four months ago to me. Um, and it, I think right around that 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 March April. You know, from there on, I was like, you know, I think I got this, you know, down. At least I can continue to just improve and get better and better. You played big time college basketball, Pac-12 college basketball. How big is the difference between big time college basketball Mm -hmm. and NBA basketball? 100% different. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, there's no zones (laughs) in the NBA. Um, That was the main thing. You know, there's a lot of zone. You know, I'll come in. I'm, you know, sitting in the corner. You can just shoot threes or Mm -hmm. you can come in and three-point line is pretty much now like a pull-up mm. so uh it's a it's a lot of, dude's not like deandre jordan that's in the lane <laughs> and you know that's playing nerf foot nerf basketball with the hoop um you know just sitting in the lane so that's the main thing you know the athletically is totally different the strength the speed and then uh you know the coaching is is i think is a complete 360 degree flip <laughs> and that's why i always hate the the argument that the 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 best college team could beat the worst professional team. That's not nuts. Even, to not me. even close. It's totally nuts. No, that, like Kentucky close. could beat Philadelphia last year. I mean, that blown no out. <laughs> blown out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> not even it's, close. It's men versus kids. Yeah. And and I mean, you can be the greatest kids in the world, but you're still nowhere near what you're going to be. Yeah, I I don't believe in that either. Mm-hmm. You go you go into next year, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are thinking we're going to take another step, mm-hmm. and you lose Flip uh, early yeah. uh, in the training camp. Mm-hmm. And what was that like for you? It was it was crazy, you know. I've never I, you deal with losses in your family, and uh, you know, for somebody that you know picked you, I was his pick, and uh, you know, trusted me. He came out to Seattle, worked out with me, and you know, I was really close to him. Um, it was hard, um, you know. You just gotta. It's just life experiences, though. You gotta be there for you know his loved ones, his family, and uh, you know, let them know that you're there. But you know, we still have his spirit and his. his his drive, his determination, you know, this is his team still. You know, a lot of these main players that are here, you know, he put the team together. And, uh, 
you know, it's a, it's very unfortunate, but, you know, we got to continue to, you know, live on his legacy. Did you have any kind of, of last kind of conversation with him in the months prior? The last thing, uh, he was out, he was in summer league and he was mm-hmm. coaching the whole summer league team. You know, he was perfectly healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he was going back and forth. You know, I think he had a couple of visits with the hospital, but he was coaching the team. And, you know, he's exactly looking good, you know, keep getting stronger. He was talking about how skinny I look and, you know, getting the weight room and stuff <laughs> like that, keep getting stronger. But, uh, and then, uh, you know, you never know how life goes. Sam was his assistant. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of the same philosophies there, but I mean, how much did that happen? And it was October, right? It was right yeah, before. It went quick. Yeah. I mean, that, how much did that kind of short circuit, uh, the season last year for you guys? Uh, you know, the first half, you know, it was a lot told, it was, you know, it's two different coaching styles. Um, you know, Sam was a great coach, one coach of the year in Toronto, but you know, two different coaching styles, two different philosophies and, uh. You know, it was a little difficult to get used to at first. And then, uh, you know, then you just got going and trusting trusting your team in the process and your organization. Like I said, it, we we might not have the best season, but we didn't act like that. You know, the team was still together. We were close and, you know, we were going in competing every day. I always wondered what impact um, Flip's death had on KG from, from people that were in that locker room. I mean, KG mm-hmm. came, you got about a season and a half mm-hmm. of him there, and you obviously knew how close those yeah. two were. I mean, what... What differences did you see in Kevin from that half season that you're with him with Flip and then that one season without? Uh, the main thing was, you know, the the half season, we, we were just trying to get to know, you know, Ticket. It was, uh, you know, he was coming in, you know, from New York or from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we, we didn't really, we heard a lot of stories about, you know, KG coming in, you know, and be a dog in the locker room, you know, no cell phones, you'll throw your phone out of here. <laughs> And, and to tell the truth, me and him clicked real cool. You know, we were really close. I sat right next to him. I sat in his locker, actually, so I was scared. <laughs> I was like, yo, I don't want to sit here. Move me lockers. And, you know, I asked. He's like, no, nah, young fella, you good. So, you know, he was great. And then, uh, you know, going to that next year, is just the way he prepared and everything like that. Uh, I didn't really see a difference, but I knew it was. It took a toll on him. You know, you could see after, you know, after he passed, it was uh, – it was hard. He scares, I think, reporters as much as he scares young players. There. I mean, I, I can tell you when, uh, and I've told this story before, but when he was with Brooklyn, I was supposed to write this story on how the whole trade happened. And Paul Pierce was great, and the Celtics were great, the Nets were great, but Kevin doesn't want to talk about any of this crap. Yeah. He doesn't want to go like revisit it. Yeah. So I found out that he was a huge Boardwalk Empire fan, like right. loves that show. And right. I had, and I covered boxing too, so I had a connection with HBO. So I had them send me, it was like, September, I think, and had them send me the entire season, the advanced copy of the season. That's so smart. I'm like like a like a kid with keys at a at a child. Like, well, like Kevin, I've got these DVDs. Look at these DVDs. I've got these DVDs. Do you can you want them? He's like, what's going to cost him? Like, just let me walk to the parking lot with you. Like, let me walk out with you and answer a few questions. Yeah, and that's what I got. I got my five minutes worth from from Kevin. It was Garnett. it worth it? It was worth it. He was when he gets going, and you know this from he don't stop. Yeah, and and he's actually pretty insightful. Like yeah. you know whether it's telling a reporter what what's going on or what he's thinking, or I'm sure you know uh, you know knowledge being passed on to a player like you. Yeah, it's all it's all from the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, the main thing he gets so devoted to it. You know, we've had sessions where he's just talking about life. You mm-hmm. You know, staying after practice or after games for an hour, hour and a half. Or, you know, he's showing us one move and it turns into a whole him going into his book. You know, it's, all right, I did this, this. Okay, yeah, now pivot here. You know, so it's it's great. You know, he helped me out a lot. And, uh, you know, we still communicate still. So he wasn't hard on you, or was he? No, he was still hard mm-hmm. on everybody. You know, he made sure he set the tone in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever anybody was was lacking or slipping, uh, he definitely got on, let him know, and that's what a leader does. He was still that type of practice player, even at his age and what his body was doing to him. Regardless, he he had the same mentality. He was the first one in the weight room 
uh, you know, even though he wasn't the same player, he was still the same. His mind was the same, mm-hmm. and, you know. So he would sit on the sideline and be more into the practice than somebody that's playing five on five, you know. So he's calling out all the ices, all the screen. You know, he wasn't playing, and we don't we can hear him from the bench, <laughs> you know. Yeah, ice left, you know, drop now. So it's, it, it helped. So is there a lesson that that you took away from him that you still use to this day? Whether it's it doesn't have to be a, something specific, but a practice habit or something that you do. Uh, the man, just try to just try to go out there and give it all every day you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said you never know when it'll come to an end. You know, he said them twenty years flashed before his eyes mm-hmm. like never before. Uh, you know, I was messing. With, I was like, man, I was one years old when you were drafted <laughs> or when you were in the league. I was one. So I'm here sitting here playing with you. Yeah. So he said, yeah, just go out there. And chase your dreams, man. You know, you can be whatever you want to be if you put the hard work in. Do you think he was done at the end of last season? Did you get a sense that that it was over? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I thought he actually was coming back. I really did. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm extremely excited for him and his family. You know, him spending time with his, his kids, mm-hmm. his wife, and uh, his new show on, you know, the the Area 21 is great. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's perfect for him. So, you know, I'm extremely happy for him. He had... And I can t- I can say this story now because it's it's not going to happen. And he was retired, but when he w- but when when it ended in Boston, mm. uh, he thought he was done at, in Boston. Like he thought it was going to end there. We, you know, Paul had to talk him into yeah. the trade to to Brooklyn. He was on a plane to China with the head of Showtime Sports, and he went up to this guy. Stephen Espinosa is his name. He went up to Stephen and said, "I've got an idea for a store for a show. Mm. I how about I go to college? You know, KG comes out of high school, college, never yeah. to college. He wanted to go to college, live in the dorm." And let Showtime shoot it. That'd be hilarious. I mean, that would—that's that's gold. <laughs> I, like Showtime, you can say whatever the hell you want. Exactly. I would, if you could follow him around with a camera and it would be uncensored, it would be the—it would be the best show in the world. Oh, oh! You, can you imagine him in a dorm, like bunk bed of some kind, yeah, and pretend, some pretend backpack walking around campus going to oh, class? But he said he wanted to go to class. He said he wanted to do the whole thing. Oh, gee. He said he wanted the whole nine. That's, that's KG for you, man. That's a four-year show that that I would sign up for. That would be like. Like I don't know what your favorite show is, but what I game power? Power. Okay, then Game of Thrones for me. Or, you watch that? Too? I watch Game of Thrones. I yeah. knew that was the best series once they cut off Russell <laughs> Russell Crowe's head. I was like, they can't cut off the main character. Cut, no, that's not on, Russell Crowe. Uh, oh, Jeffrey uh, Bean. Jeffrey Bean. No, it's the, not Jeffrey. Yeah, it is. It's Jeffrey Bean. Yeah, it's. Uh, he looks like Russell Crowe though. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. the father, Ned Stark. That's not. Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe. See, I can't even deal with that. You know what I meant, though. I do. He, they, they he look, was the main both, character. Yes. Yeah. But that's what made it awesome. I was though. like, gee whiz. Yeah, that's my show. I love shows where anybody can get it. Yeah. Like that, Walking Dead, I was up there great. on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy was another one that was wild. I just started watching The Strain. That's yeah. pretty good, too. Yeah. If you if anyone can get it, any cast member, yeah. it, makes it, <laughs> it makes it awesome. But that KG show would have been, that would have been like first no, DVR. Right there, out of his mind. I'm in top tier. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> You're listening to the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. If you're enjoying this podcast, then check out the MMQB podcast with Peter King. ESPN is aware of my interest, and so they asked, hey, any interest in doing any sideline reporting for any NBA games? (laughs) And I'm like, yes! Because as you know, Peter, when you get to do something outside your sphere of work, it's exciting. Remember to subscribe and listen to new and archived episodes of the MMQB podcast with Peter King wherever you download your shows. So you, you get through last year, and, and, and Tibbs takes the job here. I mean, you, you knew of him. You played probably one year against his teams yeah. uh, briefly when he was in Chicago. But, I mean, what was your, your sense there? Uh, you know, I was excited. You know, you get a coach like that, you know, he's 
so well renowned and it, you just know of him so well. Um, you know, you want to make a good first impression. So I got to camp early, talked to him on the phone, had my first workout with him. He was trying to kill me that first workout. You know, he wants to see where you're at. And, he tests uh, you. He tests you. You know, I was ready for it. You know, I was I was working out before that. I'm, I'm going to be ready for this workout, you know. And the uh, best thing, you know, I hit about 15, 16 pull-ups in a row. And I'm thinking, like, I'm killing this workout. You don't know I'm ready. And all he keeps saying is, go harder. I'm like, yo, how, what, wait, wait, time out. What else do I got to do? <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a good, you know, I was during the uh, summer league, you know, went out there and uh, supported the team, practice women, everything like that. Um, so just just getting ready, and you want you just want to make a good first impression. So he was telling me about the the first couple of meetings that he had uh, with the team. The first, did you? Uh, he wanted everybody back, kind of in Minnesota when he first got the job. Yep. I mean, what was that? Just kind of like an introduction, sort of. He wanted to get everything uh, the groundwork laid out quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, go through some workouts. Wanted to see where everybody was, mm-hmm. um, and and just get the team together. Uh, you know, he's big in the team buying. We've done a lot of team things, and that's. Some we haven't done in the past, and I think it's been a, it's been really good. This group really close. You know, he probably came into the first practice having seen every play you've ever made in your life. He said he watched it like three times, <laughs> <laughs> every shot. He said, "I've seen every one of your shots." I said, "Okay, you know." That's a, I, I had yeah. heard a rumor before I, I met with him a few weeks back that that he had spent his time off watching every game he ever coached for the Bulls, and he was like, "Yeah, I had some free time on my hands." game every game he ever oh coached man yeah that's hey that's uh that's him man he's in that and i come back and shoot late you know i, I work out a lot and he's he's in there late so you know that's that's the main thing so when you you obviously are prepared for for the, for the style and how hard he's going to push you mm-hmm. but after talking to him whether it's that first meeting summer league i mean what did he tell you he wanted from you uh coming into training camp the main thing he just, he said he knew he knew how it was on offense. Um, he wanted to cut down a little bit on you know just bad shots get better. I'm getting more in the offense, and you know it's understandable. Like, yeah, that's that's something I've wanted to work on as well. And mm-hmm. then the main thing is just you know just continue to buy into the defensive uh, you know the defense he has, and uh, you know a lot of new strategy, a lot of new terms, and it's helped out a lot. I can tell I feel so much more comfortable. I've always felt good on the ball, you know, being able to stay in front of people and use my length, but off the ball. I never really got taught it, you mm-hmm. know, so that was the main thing. And, uh, you know, it's helped a lot, you know, it's, and we're just going to keep getting better at it. You've had kind of, of two and a half different camps, a flip camp, uh, flip and Sam, mm-hmm. uh, from last year and now a Tibbs camp. What, mm-hmm. what makes Tibbs and his camps any different? Uh, you're going hard a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if it's a water break, you know, you're drinking that water fast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and I feel like it prepares you for the game. You know, we're really in condition and, uh, you know, we just got to keep getting better at it. And, uh, you know, buy into that system. But the main thing was we were going hard, you know, and he was on top of you and he, he was everything you did. You know, he knew when you made a mistake. It might not even been – he was yelling at somebody else and then he comes back to you and, Zach, you weren't in the right help. It's like, man, I wasn't even in the play, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> how did you know that? <laughs> so it's uh, – you got to be on your J-O-B. Are you Are you good with, with that kind of, of, of push all the time? He took some heat for it in Chicago a little yeah. while from – and that's kind of what, what led to some of the dysfunction with the front office there about how hard he pushed his players there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of you guys are similar ages to what yeah. he took over in Chicago. I mean, how do you feel about how hard he pushes? He's fine. For me, it's fine because I can't have anybody push me harder than my dad did. Mm-hmm. You know, I came from – you know, my dad's my best friend. You know, we're tight. And, you know, he pushed me harder than anybody – Got to call it every name in the book, mm-hmm. you know. So in that type of toughness, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. You know, that won't that won't bug me. I'm, you know, I like being straight up, straightforward. What can I do to get better? So, you know, I really I liked it. 
you guys did become kind of the 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 sort the storyline over the you know that kind of two months of the off season where Tibbs comes in. You guys have a ton of young talent mm. uh, um, uh, on that that roster. I mean, did it did you did did you read the you guys read that stuff at all? I mean, how, the, the expectations coming in. Did you you know, buy into the hype there a little bit? Did any of you guys buy into that hype? Uh, we 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 bought into it because we know how good we can be, mm-hmm. you know, and we still believe in it. Um, you know, we didn't read everything. You know, he was talking, yeah. he talking. You know, everybody's talking about this, but we haven't done anything yet. Mm-hmm. We need to keep getting better at this and that. And uh, you know, you never you never want to take anything for granted. You know, people talking about you is a good thing, but you know, you gotta go out there and prove it. And uh, you know, we still haven't done that fully yet, and we're gonna just continue. You know, it's a long season. We're gonna keep going on it. Yeah, I mean, you, you must learn something. You know, it, it's got to be tough losing these end of the game type of situations. Even the Knicks game, yeah. um, the other night. I mean, it's it's got to be tough doing that. I mean, what you must also learn something from each one of these because every team goes through it. I mean, the mm. Jazz. I remember watching them a couple of years ago just be brutal in the first half of the season, and then they got a lot better at the end. They figured mm. some stuff out. I mean, Oklahoma City even further back. I mean, Russ and Kevin lost. I think it was like we had three and thirty-one or something that. like that. They, they were right, yeah. they were brutal. So I mean. I mean, but they learned from it. I mean, what are you are you taking? What are you guys taking away from from these games? These tough these tough endings you've had so far. You know, the, you can play as good as you want to be, but you know, one or two possessions can make a game. Or you know, if if the energy swings one way or another, um, you know, you just gotta play all forty eight, and uh, you know, you just try to get as many good things, more good things than bad things. More winning plays equals more wins, and uh, we just gotta get some more winning plays, and. Uh, you know, come out of the you know, third quarters have been hard, been mm-hmm. hard for us. You know, we got to figure that out. Um, you know, we still haven't got the whole the whole grasp on it yet, but you know, we are going to. So the dunk contest, mm-hmm. third one. Do not know yet, man. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. And then I set the internet on fire on accident because Andrew was recording. So <laughs> just because I was just practicing some stuff, so I don't even know yet. It'll what are fun. the? I mean, what 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 are the the the, the, the what's the thinking there like is is it about your like your health at that time is it about maybe not wanting to do this or uh the main thing man it's hard to top <laughs> like yeah. what i've done you know it's like man what else can i do <laughs> you know so and it, it's, it's hard you know especially playing more minutes mm-hmm. it's uh you know going through that that that's a stretch where you want to be at your best and uh you know i, I just don't know you man you mm-hmm. gotta, i gotta th- i gotta think about it you know it takes a little bit of time to practice so you know, I, I don't know, but I'm always confident. I think I can do it again. So if I if I get that in my head, you know, I think I in my it's a possibility. I think you should do like six in a row. Like That's when, everybody says just like, go okay. and win like ten. <laughs> this is so like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on that bandwagon yeah. then because you could eat, a you could do it yeah. and, and b like there would never be any debate over who the greatest dunker is in NBA history. Yeah. Like you could do it before you turn thirty. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be you good to go. They're like Zach, just go in there and do two dunks. It doesn't even matter if you win or lose. Just go. It's just we just want to see you dunk. <laughs> Like, ah, man, I don't know. <laughs> if you could have uh, uh, a one-on-one kind of dunk off against anybody in the NBA, mm-hmm. who would it be? Prime? Like, could I uh, right like, now? Right like, now? Yeah. If somebody in the NBA um, that you said, I'll do it if I can go, you know, dunk for dunk with that guy. Uh, the main thing, it was probably Aaron. Mm-hmm. I've been, me and Aaron been knowing each other since high school, and I knew he had a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he had all that. Because I'm not a dude that does props. Yeah. You know, I've never done that before. Yeah. Um, and that was just so creative. Um, other dude is probably Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen Andrew do a lot of things just messing around where he doesn't try and he almost makes it. It's like, yo, I'm, why are you not doing the dunk contest? You know, we could have a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, Drew can do a lot of things too. Props are tough 
they're hit or miss sometimes. Exactly. Like I, the, yeah. the, when Dwight came out of the phone booth, I just, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just don't do that. Right. And somebody's coming out dressed up and doing dance moves. Like I liked the car. I liked some of the stuff that Aaron did, but you yeah. can you can look great doing it or you can look like a total fool. That's, I just want to go out there and do the, use your athletic ability and creativity and do a dunk. You mm-hmm. know, I've watched so many, you know, the past old dunk contests. I never really thought about doing that so i just try to bring my own little flavor into it just yeah just take the best dunk from everybody that somebody's done and top it <laughs> just top it yeah <laughs> like do the some, d brown do dunk ain't nobody that. done before yeah. <laughs> who was your favorite dunker like just watching growing up i probably had like three or four you know mm-hmm. i was a big kobe fan mm-hmm. kobe was a big big time in-game dunker mm-hmm. t-mac of course michael jordan mm-hmm. and then uh yeah, people forget Kobe and T Mac had some athleticism. Like, they only ridiculous. think of the last. Yeah. yeah, like oh my gosh, um, I got so many dudes I used to watch. Man, you know Stevie Francis was great at dunking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he couldn't even palm a ball. <laughs> uh, and then there's Vince. You know, he topped every. I just saw a mixtape on him, and he was doing windmills in the lane. Mm-hmm. I feel like if there was social media back when they played, like it would oh, yeah. be just completely ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. Can you believe Vince is still playing? Like he wants to keep going too. He's, he's not anywhere near done. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He's still good. Strong. <laughs> like he's like he'd almost be a model for for you in some ways because you know you're ridiculously athletic now. Vince was ridiculously athletic in his early years. He's still you know inching towards forty and like athletic, like more athletic than most yeah. guys out there. And then, yeah, and he's he made a layup against us that I was like, man, would you have dunked that back in your day? <laughs> like, I don't know. I could have tried it though. You know, he's cool. You know, the main thing he just knows how to. He's evolved his game to being able to where he's always been a good shooter mm-hmm. and, you know, he's been very good on defense and, you know, uses his strength and his, uh, you know, his mind now to his advantage. Somebody tweeted something um, about you with the video in it, the Alex Len dunk that you had uh, mm-hmm. against Phoenix. That Somebody said that was your first, like, dunk on somebody in the NBA? Yeah, no. I don't know who said that. Okay, then yeah. that's wrong. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that would be true. Yeah, I've had, a, I mean, maybe most of our games aren't broadcast on ESPN. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've had a lot of dunks in the NBA. Okay. <laughs> so I was looking at that like, no. But not dunk, like, on somebody. Like uh, you, That you've... was probably the best poster I've had. Okay, yeah. Because that was, I, I went straight up body to body. It was almost a foul. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I've dunked on a lot of people in the NBA, you know, tip dunks, alley-oops, mm-hmm. you know, like, just go by them and right. dunk. But that was a body to body go straight up that was probably one of my first ones of doing that in the nba mm-hmm. but you know i've had i was like you know i've dunked on a lot of <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> okay there you go yeah. uh before i let you go the um you know you know you guys have that kind of young team that you can see progressing the way that that oklahoma city did and the way i'm i'm seeing kind of the jazz uh do it now mm-hmm. the, the 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 unknown dynamic is the locker room and and, and yeah. how you guys interact with each other and like each other i mean how are you guys close? Could you see the core of this group being together for five, six, seven years or beyond? That's the main thing. You just want to be able to keep everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have such good talent, you know, so many other goals and things like that. It's a hard thing to keep everyone together. I think we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all close. We're all the same age group. We all hang out together. Mm-hmm. You know, when people talk about hanging out. You know, we go play video games. You know, we all on a group text of what, what, what time are you going to go play Call of Duty or something like that. So, <laughs> you know, we go into the, the – <laughs> I go to Andrew's room. He's playing video games. I hop on the game with him. So, uh, you know, we're all the same age group, and it's – uh, you know, I think we can – I think we can. Yeah, people think that uh, a lot of you young guys out are just like in the club every place you go. Frank Kaminsky was telling me the other day yeah. – he just goes out and buys scratch tickets. Yeah. It's like his thing and he does his no, time yeah. off. Yeah. You might win a couple extra bucks, man. You never know. <laughs> well, he was telling me that if anything is under, 
he and uh, a couple of guys on the team that they have like this, they just put money into a pot mm. and anything that they went under $500 has to go back in the pot. So nobody can keep anything unless oh, it's more than $500. That's smart. So you just keep the game going. They're going for the big win though. Yeah. Like they're going for the big yeah, ticket you win. Keep going. Yeah, you keep going. No, okay. that's fine. Well, Zach, thank you uh, for jumping by here. I know it's uh, a game night tomorrow. Uh, thanks for stopping in the studio. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, man. It was easy. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Zach Levine for joining the show. A reminder that you can download this podcast and other archive podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, really anywhere you can download podcasts. If you like it, post a comment, give us a rating. You know I appreciate it. While you're there, check out the Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick and the Vertical Podcast with Woj. And I'll see you next week. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.